Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode. And I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. What's going on? It's Champagne Pappy back here once again on the Luke and Pete show. I'm Champagne Pappy. I'm joined by Champagne Luke. I'm Scrambled Eggs Pappy. I'm uh, Big Don Energy. <laughs> That's what I am. I'm, um, there's a really funny guy on Instagram called um, Big Ghost. Big Ghost. And he calls him, he's got some absolute, he's really funny. He does um, uh, hilarious, in-depth, and actually very, very good um, reviews of mostly hip-hop and R&B mm. albums. Um, I'll find him. He, he he calls himself some absolutely brilliant names. I wonder if he's still got it up on his Twitter. I'll find it now. He hasn't got it, but he, he calls himself he calls himself Big Ghost, a.k.a. Shampoo Bracelets. Shampoo Bracelets. <laughs> a.k.a. Cocaine Biceps. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got so many of them. Um, sounds like that um, four-word um, app that we used earlier yeah. on. But um, Pete, <laughs> you are podcast game Drake. Yeah, um, in that I'm a bit wet. And nobody seems to know why people like him. But his review, his reviews of Drake are absolutely because he he basically hates Drake. Yeah, and I don't uh, really understand the mania over Drake because he is a bit wet, isn't he? He's a bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really understand it. He sort of blends rap and R and B and all that, and just kind of doesn't really. But he says he, he says um and his reviews, big ghost. He's he's one of the best music writers out there. He's, he's brilliant. I read his stuff all the time. And in his review of Drake records, he, he basically spends like three or four paragraphs just talking about the type of guy Drake is. And he's saying stuff like, <laughs> this is a guy, kind of guy who sort of closes his eyes when he brushes his teeth. <laughs> kind of guy who's got like a, his heart's got a ponytail on it. Because like, <laughs> he, is, he is so wet, isn't it? Yeah. I can't understand. I can't remember what character. He, uh, it was that Texas, um, not legislator, senator. who was an absolute prick. He, uh, he reckoned he never wanked and stuff. And his oh, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Yeah, yeah. Ted Cruz. Somebody made a point. Ted Cruz is the sort of man who drinks, who brushes his teeth and drinks orange juice and goes, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst it's the worst taste in the mouth ever. But Big Ghost says ah. about the Take Care, the Drake Take Care album right, cover yeah, yeah. artwork. He says, uh, 
They give this guy a motherfucking goblet and a table for one with a candle and a bronze owl, and now he's running rap. Get the fuck out of here, B. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, worth see, checking out. BigGhostLimited.com it is. Speaking of ghosts, did you see the um, Spanish um, right-wing um, fascist organisation who uh, basically had a problem with uh, gay marriage and gay rights and gay pride, so they made this um, this logo for gay, like basically representing gay people, uh, and it's this spooky ghost Um with the, the the rainbow flag basically sort of saying that you know it's they're, they're a problem and they're, right. they're, they're horrible and they're yeah, ghostly yeah, yeah, yeah. but it looked fucking adorable Luke it looked Did so adorable it looked like something out of Super Mario share it <laughs> share it on the Twitter he, Big Ghost does a um, a track for track review of Take Care as well and he says uh, on one of the songs he says uh, I don't even know what to say to this after hearing this shit I wouldn't be surprised if this guy could pollinate a flower with his fucking breath <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. As good. Do it. How are you going? It's Monday. How are you doing? You okay? You well? I'm all right, yeah. Keeping keep out of trouble. Um, I don't really like Drake either. I don't really get it. I, 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 and, and, and I can't believe well, I like he's taking... Telefo- I like that song about his telephone. But other than that... Oh, because of, of the dank memes it inspired. That's why. No, I just like, this, I just like the uh, the tune. The tune's good. But yeah, just um, I, I don't really understand the I like that song he did that, that went... Um, Apple bottom jeans, boots <laughs> with the fur. Oh, we're so old. We, we are, are so yeah. old. Um, so yeah, how you doing? How was your weekend? Pretty good? Fine, yeah. Again, stayed out of trouble. Just didn't do much. Went out Friday. Then... Yeah, just I'm just I'm I'm getting that point where I'm like, oh, I can have a couple of weekends at home, and it's quite nice because obviously we were in Lisbon and I was in Cardiff. I'm going to be in Tokyo soon. I just need to sort of just chill. Out, all right? Yeah, Cardiff, just need to relax. One of Europe's capitals <laughs> certainly is. How was Cardiff? We didn't talk about that. It was we, good. It's, 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 Cardiff it's that is new very book. Underrated. We need to talk about Cardiff. We need to talk about Cardiff. It was good. Uh, Stayed in the Mets um, house. Who's going to be renting out as an Airbnb soon? And um, her house oh, is you were mental. testing it. She's got like I was, yeah, I was testing the water. A pilot, a pilot, I was in it. It was, um, it was like she's got this mad house. I just filled it with like all the stuff that I buy but never put on my wall. She's basically got on her wall just like all kinds of crazy stuff, mm. um, paintings, and uh, uh, she's got like graffiti artists to uh, go in like her bathroom and do this sort of um, graffiti uh, sort of cartoon character of a, of a toothpaste a bottle of toothpaste tube of toothpaste um, squeezing his own kind of knob basically and, and pulling out it sounds very garish pulling out reams of uh, and it's sort of like squeeze it off, you know put it in your mouth or something and it's it sounds like very squeezing gauche. out bits of uh, toothpaste it is gauche but in the in the finest possible way and it's well worth Airbnb in the future when she puts it on there it's, it's really good you had a nice time I had a lovely time who were you Cardiff there with was, Cardiff was smashing a friend from the northwest uh, Liverpool Guy called Matthew Young, who I went to school with, and also what? a friend from school called Alex Gonzalez. Oh, I know Alex. Yeah. yeah, of course. You sent me a video of him playing the guitar at your house the other day. Oh yeah, in what yeah, was, was quite, a bit drunk. quite a bleak scene. Why was it a bleak scene? No, just because it seemed quite sparse. What do you mean? It's my front room. But I thought you should be playing music, not having someone just plinking a guitar around. Well, he's playing the guitar. I was playing the um, automaton, which is a uh, Japanese instrument of yeah. torture in many ways. It's not really an instrument, is it? No, it's like a toy, really. It's like a it's like a non Rolf Harris affiliated, um, what was that m- m- piece of uh, machinery he used? There's not the zip, a wobble board. Xylophone. No, not the wobble body. He, he endorsed, oh, uh, um, is it a stylophone? Stylophone. It's like a stylophone, but it's got a little mouth on it. Should you be mentioning Rolf Harris on this show? Why not? He was a very gifted artist. We've I think we spoke about him a few weeks ago. We said the sort of people who buy. Um, Rolf Harris um, paintings, uh, you know, and they're really gutted now. He's, you know, a uh, convicted. Um, he used to have a perm- almost a permanent exhibition in, um, I think, the West Quay Shopping Centre in Southampton. Right. So yeah, 
can come back to bite you, come back to haunt you. <laughs> um, how would you rate Cardiff and the great night, the great British nights out? It was really good. I, I, I cannot recommend it enough, and I'm sure people who, who know Cardiff, uh, that's not news to them, quite frankly. But yeah, again, beautiful Weatherspoons, old theatre in the centre of town. But I don't Weatherspoon, know, I, Weatherspoons put themselves in such beautiful buildings. I accept you know. that um, King King sponsor of Brexit, Mister Weatherspoons does have some of his pubs situated in nice buildings. Yeah. But I'm just going to ask the question that a lot of our listeners will be asking. Why are you going all the way to Cardiff to go to Weatherspoons? Well, what do you mean? Well, it's like, you know, I, I can't wait to go out for dinner in Turin and then go into a pizza hut. I mean, you can go, you can go to Weatherspoons anywhere. Yeah, but like booze places are just booze places. They're just, you know. Is, no is that right? There. There's no romance. So it doesn't matter on where fr- you go. On a Friday night in Cardiff City Centre, try and find somewhere where you can have a fucking, you know, a, a mojito and a, and a nice chat about politics. There's just not a place. It's just people just going, I'm going to go mental. It's just, that's just the place it is. So you always go to a Weatherspoons wherever you go to a city? No, I just, it, I just, it just, I was just excited by the fact that it was in a beautiful theatre. Like the one on Holloway Road, which is very nice, an old art deco theatre. Beautiful. There's cinema one, rather. There's one up in, um, is there one up in uh, Muswell Hill, which is like an old massive converted church? It yeah. might not be a Weatherspoons actually, but it's amazing. I don't know why they haven't done it in, in Hartlepool. We've got this old cinema called The Orion. Um, crazy name, huh? And uh, it's been it's this beautiful Art Deco cinema. And I don't know what kind of state of disrespect it's in now, but it is gigantic. And it's like one of the biggest buildings in Hartlepool. And yeah. it's not been open f- since about 1982. I can't remember a time when it was ever open in my mm. lifetime. And it's just gone to rot. I'd very much like to walk around that building. If anyone from Hartlepool is listening, then get me in that building. You can get in there. You're a celebrity there. You do what you want. It's a, it's an abandoned building. You and Jeff Stelling. Get up there. Just <laughs> go, wherever, go wherever you want. <laughs> well, um, a genuine question here. Given that you know the... Um... I reckon Jeff Stelling was from a posh house. Do you? I reckon he's from good breeding. I reckon he, Are you I, saying I, that you weren't? I'm, I, there's very few times in my life where I can sort of say I'm, I'm legitimately from, the, from dirt. <laughs> but if you look at the houses that I used to live in, I'm from dirt. I haven't asked how your parents are. Are they okay? All right, yeah. My mum's got a bad tooth. Uh, that's about it. That's all we got. <laughs> what happened? That's all we got. She, she thought she was going in to get a crown put back on because it fell off and the guy just went, oh, I'm getting rid of that tooth and pulled it straight out. Oh. Probably the best situation because you don't want to be hanging around waiting for a, a, a dental procedure, do you? Well, I guess it's it a depends, bit miserable, isn't it? Yeah. Depends how many other teeth you've got. <laughs> <laughs> if it was your last one, you yeah. might not be very she happy. Keeps, again, she keeps on giving me the guilt trip about um, not going up to see me uh, niece. And, you know, she's got legs on she. <laughs> She might only be two years old. Train, How many times she? have you been to see her this year? Calendar year? Uh, this calendar year? Yeah. Uh, zero. Not well, enough. Sorry at Christmas. Not enough, is sorry it? Sorry at Christmas. She's, that's a massive part of her life. She's two. That's almost a quarter of her life you what haven't can seen I her do, What can I do? Go I'm up busy. there. I'm busy. Not go to Cardiff. I'm busy. You go to Cardiff go on the Cardiff. piss, but you can't go see your own niece. She doesn't want to go on the piss. Then, what, Nobody does. What was that what? noise? Uh, a little spring on my, uh, on your my mic. microphone arm went... Uh, have you got a special mic? Um, <laughs> Pete, can I ask you a genuine question? This is what? not meant to be a political statement right. for anyone listening. Okay. We, we welcome any, anyone, providing their views aren't genuinely problematic. Mm. Um, that guy is so... The guy who runs Weatherspoons is so vocal about um, Brexit. Does it, does it make... To the, to the point of his... Uh... He puts beer mats in the pub and everything. Isn't it mad, though? Does that, does that not give you pause for thought at any point before you go in there? Uh, no, well, it's just a necessity in that point. I, I don't, I'm not an, I'm not a big Weatherspoons, Rawney kind of guy. Um, and I would rather go somewhere else, but we do, we have on occasion dirtied our boots. The reason I ask is purely because a lot of people who do public facing businesses will, will, will 
I think, sensibly stand back from taking a political stance on mm. anything publicly because I think it's going to alienate a lot of their um, on the, a lot of their customers potentially on such a divisive issue, which is literally fifty two forty. I think I think where the but I think Weatherspoon's probably has the all the ear of the older man certainly, which certainly skews what one way, don't they? Do you yeah. not think? Do you not think it kind of fits their their, their kind, yeah. of, kind of thing? But also massively chinny. If you walk into Weatherspoon's. Most people are from Eastern Europe who are working there. And you're like, you are chinning yourself off massively here. Very bizarre behavior from any, from any company that, uh, you know, probably doesn't pay a living wage. They are chinning themselves off massively because... I think he's a maniac, that guy. <laughs> you know, he, he's looked like mad staring eyes. I think he might be a proper maniac. Um, I bet he knows loads of members of Queen. Yeah. It's just one of those things. His, his, his body and his hair and the who way would he, he Who would he be mates with? Brian May? For sure. I don't know. No, Brian, pe- Brian May's like really, really environmentally um, conscious, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, but has, has the guy from Weatherspoon's really gone one way or the other with that one? I no. don't know. He's not really sort of made it clear about The old badger cult. Yeah, exactly. That he's was a really core celebra for Brian May, wasn't it? Roger Taylor? Friends with Roger Taylor, do you reckon? Well, Petr Cech's friends with Roger Taylor. That's true. I don't think, I think Petr Cech... What's your Venn diagram? <sighs> well, Petr Cech's... Would Freddie from, Mercury be Brexit? From, from, he's foreign, isn't he? What? Freddie Mercury wouldn't be Brexit, would he? No, I mean it'd be a bit rich. He was Greek, wasn't he? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What musicians? Do you, what musicians? I reckon more. I reckon most like musicians, like from Kurt Cobain. Roger Daltrey's massively Brexit. Oh, he's he? massively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, every every man who wants to keep his own tax, who wants yeah. who wants less less tax, will be right wing. Everyone turns right wing. I'm sure it'll happen to us. You might as well when they ask them questions about this kind of stuff. You might as well just just change the question to. You got a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you want to keep that money? <laughs> yeah. Do you want your kids to inherit that money? Yeah, they yeah, all just okay. turn to like a, a kind of rock and roll, old, tra- weird trouser wearing version of Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> and it happens know. everywhere. Look at Morrissey. He's wearing fucking Britain first. Oh, he's like, completely lost he, it. <laughs> he's completely lost it. But you talk to any it. journalist who spoke to him back in the day, he still had those views. But because we have this very tidy kind of idea of what a, a, a thoughtful rock star um, thinks he, no, I don't. You know. I don't think so because I think he was really. Um, he was. He's always been hugely animal rights, right? Yeah, but he's always been. He's always been a bit, a bit weird with his uh, things. He's been very, very forthright and strange about the, the things he talks about. He's always been animal rights, but he's also always been a cunt. So he's been. I, I think that's probably a, a an open secret, certainly in the music industry. But he, um, he was seen wearing a For Britain party badge, right? Mm. Um, which are you know, ex- an extremely right-wing political movement. Hmm. They're sort of right fringe. of Britain first, aren't they? Oh, yeah, they're, f- they're fringe. They are fringy. Fringes of society. Fringe out. Um, but yeah, Roger Daltrey is Brexit. Hmm. Pete Townsend was stood next to him when Roger Daltrey was talking about Brexit. So Pete Townsend, the meeting, is, 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 you know, friendly fire. He's been, he's he's been got, taken down as well. He's, he's got bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> he's got... <laughs> he's got I told you before on the show when when they played the when the Who played the Super Bowl quite recently, um, because he's a registered sex offender. People who lived around the Super Bowl um, thing had to have legally had to have a leaflet delivered through the door saying is that there, true? Is a, there is a pedo, there is a there is a sex offender in 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 because every time a sex offender comes with a visa or you know works in a certain town um, or, or resides for a few days in a certain town, leaflets get put through in certain states. Uh, get put through the uh, letterbox of people who live around the stadium. <laughs> well, in this case, in the, around the stadium, basically saying there's a man and the picture they use is <laughs> on stage doing a fucking cartwheel. <laughs> What's it? The windmill. windmill. Big fucking windmill. This man is a sex offender. He got, he's called Pete Townsend. <laughs> and this is what he looks like. It looks like For the Super Bowl. Move. 
For the fucking Super Bowl. He's um, magnificent. He was put on the sex offenders register in 2003. He's just writing a book. He's just writing a book, despite, mate. Despite, uh, no, um, the best ever excuse he used was um, something this has been reported in the, te- in, 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 in the Telegraph. He said um, he paid for child pornography to prove that British banks were complicit in channeling profits for paedophile rings. Yeah, yeah. But, not, I mean, write that on Twitter before you. Before one of those indulge. weird situations where it's not a laughing matter, but as you've just proved, it is a laughing matter as well. It's hard to it's hard to sort of know where you stand on that kind no, of thing. No, one wins because that is funny. That is funny. It's funny that what you just said about the leaflets is funny. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think questioning um, people's interests in things. It's always just like it's like um, fascists nowadays. They're obsessed with um, pedophile gangs, pedophile rings. But only paedophile rings that are in the Asian community. Yeah, and it's like if you're like this, you care about children. Of, probably start with the Catholic Church <laughs> because that's worldwide. That's, that's that's way more systematic. That is un- that is way more systematic. Unquestionably, <laughs> the biggest child abuse ring in the history of human beings. <laughs> start there. Maybe they're maybe they're thinking. Um, this is too big a project. We've yeah. got to build up to it. Yeah, it's we haven't got the, the resources. D- start on the DIY um, yeah. Asian like Midlands sort of scene, yeah. and then we'll and then we'll move up to. Uh... You, you can't just be John from Bolton in a pair of cheap jeans and <laughs> go to arrest arrest the fucking Pope. Always you have to build up to it. <laughs> I can't get near the Pope. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's that's so transparent. It's, curi- it's so curious. obviously transparent. Curious. That's all they talk about, isn't it? Yeah. This idea of Muslim grooming gangs, mm. completely ignoring the fact that the Catholic Church <laughs> are guilty of I such d- bad stuff. I, d- I just all the other grooming gangs yeah. to be honest if you're that bothered about it talk about the other stuff as well email uh, hello at lukeandpeacher.com if you um, want a free Tommy, Tommy Robinson <laughs> anything to say on that oh I'm loving that uh, milkshake trop oh all, yeah all Yaxley Lennon getting a, getting a milkshake in the face on, every time on the why so- is there so many milkshakes kicking around on the on the um, on the um, social the one social media site that Tommy Robinson aka Stephen Le- Yaxley Lennon is a, allowed a, to be on able to use right, okay. I forget what it's called mm. Um, he referred to the guy. Is, I can't, I'm, I'm probably going to get this wrong, and I'm not on that social media, so I can't find it. Right. Um, but he 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 commented about it. Right. He showed, posted the screenshot and then did a little thing about it. Um, and he kept referring to him as Milkshake Man. Milkshake Man. That's, that's quite nice. <laughs> like he's a the Milkshake su- Man. Some kind of superhero. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before uh, we go to the break, because I know you're, um, I know you've got the iPad out there. I just wanted to say, did you see that? Um, Avengers Endgame right. has um, now turned out to be after I think after two weekends of release, it's now overtaken Titanic mm. in terms of global um, ticket sales. It's yep. taken in one point seven five billion pounds, whereas Titanic took in one point six eight billion pounds. If it's adjusted for inflation, I think Titanic still edges it. But just still, I think still, I, think, still I mean you're going to go on the figures, but, but it was quite nice. James Cameron posted a um, a picture of um, the Titanic being sunk. God, fuck off. <laughs> going, going uh, if this fucking ship hadn't sank, <laughs> could have done a sequel. No, um, and the iceberg is the is the Avengers yeah, yeah, yeah. logo. You've probably seen it. And he, and he wrote quite a nice message um, I, 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 saying, to Kevin and everybody at Marvel, an iceberg sank the real Titanic. It took the Avengers to sink mine. Um, we all salute your amazing achievement. You've shown that the movie industry is not only alive and well, it's bigger than ever. And I know that's a traditional thing to pass the baton along. Um, but in the, I think I think it's been done in the past. In the eighties, it did it when they were all sort of pals with each other. I think I think Jaws did one where they posted a did a poster when I think it was Star Wars maybe that overtook mm. Jaws. Anyway, the thing I wanted to bring to the table, which I found fairly interesting, is that Steven Spielberg said that back in the nineteen seventies, obviously he was friends with George Lucas and he still is. Yeah. Back in the nineteen seventies, George Lucas was so nervous 
that Star Wars would be a box office dud. Um, that when he visited the set of Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which had been filmed around the same time, he was so convinced that that was going to be a massive hit and not Star Wars. And he thought he dropped a bollock. So I can't believe there's two science fiction movies being released at the same time. It's going to be a nightmare. You're Steven Spielberg. I'm fucked. That he there and then offered to swap two and a half percent of Star Wars for two and a half percent of Close Encounters, <laughs> which Steven Spielberg accepted. And to date, Steven Spielberg is $40 million up on that deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. That's like bad, Alec, Alec Guinness taking uh, taking uh, figure rights rather than uh, money. yes, yeah. Just oh, that is a bet. So he took points on the merch, yeah. rather than a fee. Incredible. I mean, he's dead now, but I mean, he probably yeah. probably got the most made the most of it. The story of uh, I, was, I was watching the story of Kevin Smith and Superman uh, trying to get that uh, his Superman off the off the uh, off the ground, and obviously Nicolas Cage was in the frame. And Some great screenshots of that. Who's the yeah? Who's the um, Oh, who's the guy who directed Edison's hands? Um, oh, um, I've literally interviewed him. Tim um, Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah. He um, he was obviously in the frame and stuff, and he was on like a deal that if he didn't um, if it didn't happen, he still got all of his money that he would have had if he directed it. What right. a sweet deal! That great is. deal. What a sweet deal! Yeah. It's, um, there's there's a um, there was a great story. I think it was. I think it's Bob Hoskins. Mm. He was asked to, he was cast in quite a big movie. Right. He tells a story himself, I know he's passed away now, but he told a story in a chat show where he was cast in a big movie. I forget which movie it was. And um, then the detail, I was going to be sketchy, but it's not important. And he was preparing for the role. And uh, they, I think, I think Robert De Niro became available. So the casting director and the director ring up Bob Hoskins and said, look, I know we've cast you for this role, but... It's good to talk. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but um, you're tied up in those BT adverts, so do you mind? <laughs> they said, look, we've, thank you very much for agreeing to do it, and thanks for reading for the part. And I know you've been in the middle of your preparation and shooting doesn't start for a while, but Robert De Niro's available. I'm sorry um, to, to, We're gonna go to with bring him. this. Yeah, we would like to go with him instead. Um, do, you, um, do, you, um, do you mind stepping aside and you can still have your fee? And he was like, yeah, fucking great. <laughs> and uh, he said, and he said in the chat in the chat show interview, something along the lines of, every time, um, every time um, he sees Robert De Niro, he's like, oh, appreciate that. You got any more uh, films you, you, you fancy doing? Because like, I'm happy to, you do all mine if you want. <laughs> so yeah, I think he got, he got he got paid a, lovely, like, a good amount of money for there's that. There's a lovely video of him going around. I can't remember who he's leading around uh, London, but it's kind of like in the seventies, I think. And he's just basically um, showing the not really gentrification, but like he's just showing how horrible like tower blocks and, 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 and businesses are sort of coming up in, in, in London. He's sort of taking them around like um, South Bank sort of going, look at this. This is, used to be a school. And he knocked it down three years ago and they ain't built it yet. And what they're going to do is they're going to build this big tower block It's going to blot out the fucking sun. And up and down the town he's got these horrible bloody big buildings and obviously these horrible bloody big buildings are being built now and he's sort of going, oh, Bob Hoskins really didn't like modern brutalist no, architecture. It's actually quite a good, um, quite a good impression. Ah. Bob Hoskins. Is this what? When was this set? This video? Seventies, I think. Right. He's, yeah, he's okay. basically talk, like basically talking about how ugly mm. the new buildings are. Well, uh, God rest him. Be, God rest him. He's I now really left. Um, he's now left this uh, left veil, this veil of tears, as Danny <laughs> Kelly would say. Um, let's take a little break and come back, and we'll do some emails. We've got to hoover up a lot of these emails because they've been coming in in their droves. It's good to hoover. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. 
You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, everyone. Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening Sorry. to St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I'd beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. Bah. What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? <laughs> Julian Assange there. The word succulent, it's just, it comes out of nowhere. It doesn't, appro- it's not appropriate for a Chinese. Succulent is something like a, a succulent peach or a steak. Yeah. It seems, so no, succulent is juicy, isn't it? Yeah, but if you had like a bit, if you started, he has to be very specific. He says, I'm starting with a duck, a duck entree. <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting with like a quarter of a duck. That's succulent. Would you describe your every your weekly ch- Sunday night order as succulent? No, glistening. <laughs> yeah, a glistening, um, um, salty Chinese meal. Well, for your, um, if you're listening at home, for your um, identification of the word succulent, mm. how you would describe succulent as a word. Hello at lukeandpeach.com. Mm. You can email in about that. You can email in about anything you've heard today or indeed anything that takes your fancy. Yeah, if you want to, like, if I, you need, like, a voice actor for a film that Robert Nero can't do, I am very good at a Bob Hoskins, so... Uh, Give us another example. Yeah, you know, this is basically just me trying to get into a... Find an email game. and do it as Bob Hoskins. They're all long ones, so I wouldn't... All right, well, shall I do one while you're looking for one? Yeah, go on. This is from Fergus, who says, Dear Leetum Puke... Keep up the good work. I love this show. And back in the very early days, you mentioned a previous email I'd sent referencing a YouTube channel which showcased large outdoor marble runs. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, this email is not marble related, but hopefully as enjoyable. Your recent chat about the Cardiff Giant in the USA. Uh, It's a while back now, but I think people Mm. will remember that. And the display by rampant opportunist P.T. Barnum of a fake version reminded me of a real but moderately apocryphal figure from Scotland and Canada, Angus McCaskill. I guess Supposedly the largest human ever recorded who did not have gigantism. 
Oh. At seven foot seven inches in the 19th century, he was obviously a remarkable figure, and it was claimed he did such stuff as lifting ships, anchors, and small boats, being rewarded by, for his massiveness by Queen Victoria, and even working for the aforementioned Mr. Barnum. Ooh. The definition of a gentle giant, he was known in his Nova Scotia home as Big Boy. <laughs> Give him a Google. There's one actual photo with him, uh, um, with another normal sized guy for scale. That's from Ch- that's from Fergus in Kirkintillock, which is a beautiful uh, name for a Scottish town. Wasn't he in? Um, He's got his own Wikipedia, Angus McCaskill. Uh, yeah, he, he was. Yeah, he was. Um, the 1981 Guinness Book of Records says he's the tallest non-pathological giant in recorded history at seven foot seven and had the largest chest measurement of any non-obese man. How many inches do you reckon his chest was? I'll give you some scale. Mine's 42. Right, okay. Uh, 55. 80. Bloody hell. 80 inch chest. I mean, that's just impressive. That's just like, you know when you see like big wrestlers like Big Shaw or uh, the great Carly, you sort of go, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But I think they'd have Jake Hunters and well, they had certain valves that went wrong in them, their bodies. So it can sometimes be the pituitary gland, can't mm. it? Which is part of it. Anyway, thanks for getting in, in touch about that. Work. He did indeed enter P.T. Barnum Circus in 1849, apparently, appearing next to uh, General Tom Thumb, who everyone little will know boy. about, the little, yeah. the, uh, the dwarf, um, who, boy, achieved, who achieved fame through P.T. Barnum. Um, Queen, Queen Victoria loved him and, and, and invited him to appear uh, and give a demonstration at Windsor Castle, after which she proclaimed him to be the tallest, stoutest and strongest man to ever enter this palace. And I will fuck him. <laughs> Emasculating every other man in the, in the room. Um, and she presented him with two gold rings in appreciation. And that is where the Lord of the Rings myth comes from. What, what do you mean? As in... <laughs> really? No. 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 Okay. my doubt. Yeah. Well, I, I just imagined her taking a, um, like a bracelet off her arm and putting it on one of his fingers, his gigantic fingers. Yeah. I do declare. A necklace, taking her necklace off yeah. and putting it around his little... A crown, crown pop, pop on right on his finger. It'll be lovely. Um, Col, is email in here, Col. Um, below an email... Do it like Bob Col. Hoskins. Hello, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to uh, episode uh, 166 and the talk of childhood games reminded me of a funny story from when we were kids. First of all, the game Knock, Door, Run or whatever you call it was called Happy Chappy in Glasgow. In the West happy Chappy. Are you a happy chappy? Amazing. Hey, kids. Have you been playing Happy Chappy? It's telling me it's against us. Uh, we used to play hide and seek all the time as well, but we all also called it by a funnier and far more offensive name. One day while we were playing, uh, my youngest brother Stephen was getting called home by my mum because it was getting late. He was around about six or seven at the time. It was always annoying when you had like a, a younger sibling who had to go in earlier than you because they were a couple of years younger. I, was mm. like, I wonder how they figured out the rules on that one. My mum told me he had to go in the house, but my brother pleaded with her to be allowed to stay out and finish the game. What are you playing? My mum asked, to which he replied, without understanding what the words meant, we're playing Hunt the Cunt. Well <laughs> which you'll agree is a charming name for hide and seek. Scotland, isn't it? Yeah. It's every second word up there. I bet you got grounded for that. My mum, stunned, allowed him to carry on before closing, what? The, do- closing the door and falling about laughing. Again, Scotland. Uh, later, after my mum and dad laughed about it for a while, he explained to him what he said was a naughty word and shouldn't be said again, especially in public. Cheers, Colt. Now, I love the idea of a six-year-old. Showing the C-word. I got grounded for a week once because I sort of fell over one putting my jeans on and said, oh, fuck's sake. And I've been about, probably when I'm about 12. Right. My sister was in the next room. She was only seven. She tattled, did she? And so, uh, but my mum was walking past and she was like, right, that's out of order. Your sister could have heard that. Uh, You're grounded for a week, which I think is a severe penalty. Yeah, for an F word, yeah. For one F word. Well, especially because like she doesn't mind you saying it by the sounds of things. She just doesn't want you saying it in front of the... Yeah. The sister. Yeah. Um, we had, oh, by the way, we had a few people email in about your game Block. 
Right, okay, yeah, yeah. we Craig, had a few of those. Yeah, yeah Craig, you might saying... Um, I couldn't see the wood for the trees of these emails, to be honest. I couldn't sort of figure out what was We've gone from prescient. From famine to feast. Mm. Um, Craig's email said they called it, they played the same game, but they called it Rescue. Rescue. <laughs> and um, he also said um, that... Um, Oh, there was another game. Oh, I can't find it. it doesn't matter. Um, but check out my, my by far the most impressive of these invented games uh, comes from a, a guy um, called Luke who emails in saying um, after the most recent episode and your chat of games we used to play as children, I had a flashback to a game we used to play, which we very possibly invented called Knifey. Knifey. And I have to say, when I read that first sentence, I thought this is going to go one way. <laughs> but the setup for this interestingly named game, says Luke, was to firstly find a large, sturdy tree based on a grassy slope. The next step was to find some of the classic plasticky blue rope and a good seat stick to tie on the best branch, making sure the seat was around one foot off the ground. Right. Have you read this email? No. Then someone had to go and nick a butter knife from their house and basically take it in turns of sticking the knife in the ground in the most difficult position for the next person to attempt to retrieve and replace in their allotted four swings. If you're unable to retrieve the knife in your swings or place it in the ground before your swings are up, you're out. Right. During the six weeks holidays, many of us became absolute pros at this game, demonstrating crazy acrobatic placements and retrievals. I'd love to know if anyone else ever played it. I'm originally from Leeds, and that's where I lived when we played, but I now live in Basingstoke. I tell my friends about this game, and they look at me like I'm insane. Tig, knock a door run, and kick the van and drop it with the names we use for the other games. Uh, thanks and keep up the um, keep up the good stuff. That's Luke. I think I might be kick the can. He's supposed to say, but that's a typo in there. But anyway, knifey. Never heard of it. Have you no. heard of it? No. Sounds good though. It. We should ha- get some tabards and play like in the park near the uh, office. Just play a big game of block, block sticker, block sticker. One, two, three. Can't R- hang around. Remind us how it goes again. How do you play it? Um, one person counts to fifty, whatever. Everybody runs, um, and then that person has to go and find the other people. And when they find the other people, they've got to run back to How do you play it in the field? There's nowhere to hide. There'll be lots of us to hide. Have you on a tree? Have some invention. All right. So if Wear it, a ghillie suit. That field over there, Yeah, it's got about 10 trees in it. Yeah. I think well, I'll, I'll know be, where I'll, I'm looking. I'll be I'm one of them. I'll know where I'm looking. There's an ice cream van. There's people's houses. Yeah, people are going to talk me. Thought, yeah, you can't be hanging around ice cream vans hiding. Why must you it's ruin... It's Townsend again, isn't it? Why must you You're going to get leaflets through the door. Why must you ruin my game of blocks? <laughs> Why can't we have nice things? Listen, if you, played, nice um, things? if you played Knifey or any other childhood game, um, you want to tell us about it, it's hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. We're out of it. That's the end of our, our, uh, our show this time around. Our hustle. Um, thank you so much if you've got in touch thank you for listening do leave us a review on iTunes or, or as they call it now Apple Podcasts oh do they I apparently so yeah no, you'll get the memo it's Apple Podcasts no. now mate Pete um, I'll see you again uh, next time around yeah we'll be back on Thursday yeah this was a Radio Stakhanov production 
Hi, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to their St. Patrick's Day episode. And I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right? He used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. <laughs>